question is, are you Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Wrestling Heads Radio. You got skits, and I am here with my boy Nate. And this week, it ain't just me and Nate. The boys are fucking back. Tom, Loud, what's up, boys? How you doing, fellas? What's up, you guys? The boys are back. The crew is back. You know, it's been a few years since we've all been back together. How long is that? We know. Feels like forever. (laughs) It feels like such a long time, and a lot has happened since then. But you know what? It just feels good to be back, and I'm ready to have some fun tonight. Without a doubt. How you been, Lo? Since we last recorded, uh... I've been all right. Uh, Since we last recorded, I have moved to Las Vegas. Um, So, yeah, I've been here a little over a year now. Dang, it's really been that long since we've been recording? Shit. That's wild. (laughs) It's been that long. Ladies and gentlemen, I have confirmed from Lyle, he's only been there a year already. A UFO sighting. So, yeah, take that if you will. <laughs> Shit, I saw a UFO within like my first month here. <laughs> well, to this week, ladies and gentlemen, it's got lots, lots of uh, cover. We'll be uh, talking a little SmackDown recap. We'll also recap NXT. We'll talk about the Dusty Classic men's and women's. We'll also go over some AEW. We'll preview both uh, SmackDown, excuse me, NXT and AEW next week. We'll talk about what's going on next week with uh, both those programs, and we'll get into some New Japan Pro Wrestling. But uh, with no further, let's go ahead and get to some SmackDown, and we're going to start off with the women's division. Talk about Bailey and Bianca Belair's feud, what they got going on. Uh, last week on SmackDown, Bailey challenged Bianca Belair to like an obstacle challenge, and we all know that they're that they say that 
Bianca Belair is the EST of the WWE, one of the strongest uh, people. And um, of course, Bailey, you know, it's her challenge, her uh, her obstacle. So her obstacle was easy. She had it, everything easy for her. She didn't climb nothing or anything. She picked up Chad Gable, and uh, like like uh, like the man was heavy or or, or like whatever. But so um, and she could barely even fucking um, make a damn basket. But uh, when it came to Bianca Belair, she did it with ease, climbed climbed everything. But uh, she couldn't pick up Chad Gable. She had to pick up Otis, and she did it with ease, like it was nothing. And she crossed Bailey out there looking like uh, Lamelo Ball. <laughs> but um, you know, me personally, I had no issue with this. Um. You know, both of these girls already have a win over each other, so uh, the next step would be a match, possibly. Uh, let's just go um, from each guy and see what their thoughts is. Let's start off with Tom. Yeah, you know, I thought it was just kind of whatever. Like, I understand why they did it. Okay, you're trying to show off you know, Bianca's athleticism and her strength, things like that, kind of build her, you know, more as a baby face and, you know, the whole obstacle course backfired on Bailey. Like, I get it. I think it was just a little bit unnecessary to do it. I think there's other ways and other avenues that you can kind of do it and show off, you know, Bianca's athleticism and her strength. Like I said, I think this should be more of a blood type feud and especially if they're building up Bianca to be you know possibly the next women's champion which I think they should be they should strap that rocket to her and she should be the number one female in that company I just think there's other ways to do it besides silly obstacle courses once again it's WWE I'm not surprised by it it's kind of how they've been doing it for however many years you know you go even back to the ruthless aggression era Mm -hmm. they were doing it then too with you know um you know pose offs and uh push-up contests and things like that it's just their way of doing it so i guess really no problem with it like i said i would just like to see more serious type of blood feuds you know um especially with the women you know for them to do this compared to like what Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns are doing. I, I think it's kind of like night and day as far as the intensity of what um, the feud is about. So that's really my only thing with it. Go ahead, Lyle. Much to Much to Tom's point, you know, um, just, I mean, recently... Uh, Comparing this, the way this feud is going, and I, I love the fact that Bianca Belair is finally like, you know, in the mix and and being prominently featured on SmackDown. But yeah, with with uh, the whole obstacle course thing and just kind of the way this whole thing has been booked, um, if you compare this to the way they did um, Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte, like, I mean, just 
going back to like that night where they were beating the shit out of each other in the back cop cars, it's it's a completely different like aspect. Like it's night and day when you compare the way that those three girls were booked compared to the way that uh, Bianca Belair and Bailey are coming off so far. Um, you, you know, uh, Tom's right. Like we need more seriousness. Not, and not only that, but um, when Bianca was a heel in NXT, like, yeah, she was, she was flashy and she was braggadocious, but she had like that mean streak in her, you know, um, and we've seen Bailey have a mean streak in, in her. I mean, just the way she turned on Sasha was you, you were like, holy shit. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this this feud, uh, it needs to, uh, doesn't need to end right away, but it needs to end with Bianca getting that belt. It also needs to step it up a notch uh, in intensity. It needs to end with her winning the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, isn't she isn't she fighting Bailey for the championship at the Royal Rumble? Bailey's not the champ. Sasha's the champ. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, then yes, then absolutely. Yeah. Uh, she's someone in the Royal. I mean, she she looked great last year. Um, you know, Wait do it second. again. But make her, huh? If Bailey's not the champion, why did they even do this? Like, because the whole time I had in mind that. And I'm like Lyle. I got must have got confused too because it's like I'm thinking Bailey's a champion. The title, the matches for the title. It's like, okay, if none of them are the champion, then why even do it? They just been having like a little TV feud, which is kind of. I mean, their TV feud hasn't been bad. They both have a win over each other, you know. So it's basically like on some bragging rights type, 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 type of deal. And they're both going to be in a Royal Rumble. And like I said before last week these two definitely had to be uh in the final four uh for the women's Royal rumble uh for sure you, you know what like i and i just remembered that sasha is currently feuding with carmella then carmella needs to be i mean if you if you're going to keep um if you're going to keep bianca babyface then carmella needs to beat sasha at the rumble Bianca takes it off of, off of Carmella at Mania. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a Sasha versus Bianca Belair match. I mean, nobody would, but they're not going to do the babyface versus babyface. Let's keep our fingers. Right, which they should. That should be, you know, that should be the WrestleMania match is Bianca and Sasha for the title. That I'm definitely with you. Like I wouldn't mind it, and you can always turn Sasha back hill, or or you could turn Bianca here. Like even one of them play hill, you know, or they could just have one of those competition. You know, they like. You remember how it was Shawn Michaels, uh, kind of turned hill, uh, against Hogan. You know, like out of nowhere, he just started being a dick. You know, they could be some some type of, you know, she can be like. Like, one of them can be, like, on their main streak, you know. I don't know. We'll see. But I feel like those two have to be the Mania match. And Carmella's not ready for no Mania match against somebody like a Bianca Belair or even a Bailey. But uh, we'll we'll, we'll definitely see. Bianca's definitely my pick. 
Um, Nate, did you want to uh, chime in on this? I was just going to say that, and I mean, we talked about it earlier before Lyle got on and before we realized we weren't recording, but I mentioned it earlier that, like, the whole obstacle course thing reminded me of 2010 NXT, like, before, like, when it was a TV show on USA Network on, I believe, Tuesday nights where they used to do the obstacle courses all the time. And, um, like, I remember one where Ryback was lifting kegs and stuff like that. And it's just, to me, it's not a an effective way to progress a feud. Um, so it's something, I didn't really like the segment. I get what they were trying to do, but I just don't think they did it in a way that was really effective. They could have done so much more than just an obstacle course, or they could have done something different. So I didn't really find that much enjoyment in it. True. Right, let's move on to a, a, a different view in the making. So Big E and Apollo Crews have been having a little feud going on. They had an IC title match last week. Big E won the match, and Apollo Crews just always get a rematch. And uh, sitting at ringside, you have Sami Zayn, and uh, he's basically on strike, you know, because he still thinks he's the real Intercontinental Champion. Um, Big E, Apollo Crews, it's like me and uh, Nate mentioned last week. Uh, these two, you know, have great great chemistry together, and um, and this is a good look for Apollo Crews getting some TV time also. Um, these guys didn't get to finish the match. It looked like Apollo Crews was, uh, you know, definitely, uh, on top of the, uh, the matchup. And then Sami Zayn gets in the middle of the ring, uh, does his finisher on both guys, and, and, and it's a disqualification. So it's looking like this is going to turn into a triple threat possible match soon for the IC title. Um, I have no problem with it. But I definitely would like this. I would have liked to see Biggie and Apollo Crews finish their feud. Um, thoughts on the IC uh, title feud, guys? Starting with Tom. I mean, I've been liking it. I've been enjoying um, Apollo Crews kind of going under the reins of like Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, that whole little group. Um, I think it adds a lot to what Apollo was kind of missing, which was just, just that little extra thing to kind of put him over the top. Cause he really didn't have that, the charisma or they weren't showcasing, you know, what his charisma could be properly on the main roster and i think i think it speaks to also what wwe has done for a number of years and that's a lack of managers because you know whether it's paul Heyman or somebody else you know a guy like apollo cruz kind of needed that manager you know something to really kind of um, push him to the next level so i've been enjoying it because you know apollo's great in the ring and, you know, really fun to watch. And obviously Biggie uh, should be one of the biggest stars in the company. I think it's just starting to kind of unravel that way, whether WWE pulls the trigger on it or not. You know, we'll we'll see about that. You know, once again, kind of how we were talking about Bianca, you know, 
Biggie should be the guy. He should be, you know, you talk about somebody who's down the line going to like dethrone Roman Reigns. It should be Biggie and Biggie should be champ and he should get a good run with the belt. Um, but I've been, like I said, I've been liking it. It's been, you know, fun to watch. No really issues with it. Once again, you know, there's not a lot of unneeded or unnecessary stuff thrown in the feud. It's just, okay, here's Apollo. He got recruited by Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. And Biggie's on his own now. And, you know, Apollo wants to be friendly. But, you know, Heyman's in his ear saying, don't be friendly. He's not your friend anymore. You know, you want to succeed. You got to be ruthless. And then you throw in Sami Zayn. And Sami Zayn's just awesome. Um, you know, looking uh, looking like the Bernie Sanders meme, of course. Mm. Uh, this, so, <laughs> so that was fun to see. So really no problems with it. It's fun. And, you know, we'll see what kind of happens with it. Once again, one of the kind of more enjoyable things on SmackDown right now. He wasn't getting over with Titus O'Neil. <laughs> Nobody was. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, t- <laughs> I was going to say Titus O'Neil is the void of charisma. But anyway, um, I think this feud is good. I mean, I often have issue of where on like Raw, they feature all their top talent and they don't really give any uh, newer or mid-card talent anything to do. And on SmackDown, they do that. I mean, this is a perfect example. Big E, who is obviously the next guy that they're going to push, um, going up against a guy like Apollo Crews, it's, I think it's great. Um, their stuff has been really good, and it showcases Apollo, what he can do, because honestly, I don't feel like they've really utilized him all that much. Um, so now, hopefully, they'll get the chance to do that, but I think this is going to eventually propel Big E to the next level and to where they want him to be at as far as it'll show them or it'll show the company if they can have the confidence in him going forward. And I think he, I think they will be able to, because I think he's willing to step up and take that spot when he's needed to. So. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, I think, yeah, Biggie is definitely the uh, the next top star. Um, you know, same thing with, uh, with Bianca. Uh, the few so far is great. You know, Sammy's always great. Like, I love heel Sammy. Um, and I'm glad that they finally found something to do with Apollo. Because, uh, you know, as uh, previously mentioned, he's not the most charismatic guy. And I think that's what, I mean, it's undeniable that he has the in-ring talent, but it's just, you know, you're on TV, you got to have a personality, and he hasn't really. So hopefully, uh, like a mean streak, um, kind of badass shit-talking Apollo Crews will be, you know, good for him and uh, his career. For sure. Sometimes, you know, when you turn hill, that kind of saves your career. So uh, I can talk about a, a bunch of guys that have went hill and their career is like on top. You know, honestly, 
you know, Seth Rollins, he can play, you know, a baby face in the hill, but I think when he first started, he needed to be a hill. And and now we see he's like one of the top stars in the, in the WWE. But uh yeah, that's a, diff- a different conversation for another day. But uh yeah, I see um feud is definitely looking good. Another thing on SmackDown, we never go too much into SmackDown. We'll go into the to the last thing that happened on SmackDown. It was supposed to be a, a Adam Pierce versus Paul Heyman match, but of course, Roman Reigns gets involved. Roman beats the shit out of Adam Pierce all over the fucking arena, and he's about to take him to the top of the fucking. Uh, it's like the top of the area where you where he uh, pushed Kevin Owens down at the last pay per view. I forgot which that what pay per view that was, but Kevin Owens comes for the save. Him, him and Roman Reigns go at it around the arena, and he stuns him. I don't know, at least I want to say three times. He stunned him three times, and pop a power bomb on the fucking table, making Kevin Owens looking real strong going to Royal Rumble. I am enjoying this feud. This should be the last match between these guys. Uh, in the middle of this feud. Uh, this is probably the best I've seen Kevin Owens uh, in a while uh, in a feud with somebody. And Roman doing the best work uh, in a while also. And I actually want to speak on Roman after we talk about this uh, this match. I don't know if you guys seen the interview with him and Ryan Satin. We can talk about it in a few minutes. But uh, you guys start on Roman Reigns and Kevin Kevin's uh, little bra. Uh, I've been enjoying, once again, kind of like what I was saying about the Biggie Apollo Crews thing. Probably the best thing on SmackDown right now. Obviously, ever since Roman aligned with Paul Heyman, it kind of seems to be the focal point of the positive of what people are talking about with SmackDown is, you know, the new Roman Reigns character, which... To echo what everyone's kind of been saying on social media ever since it happened, long overdue. (laughs) You know, this should have happened years ago. And imagine if this did happen years ago in front of a live audience, you know. Granted, it may have taken away from the Roman Reigns heel character because as soon as Roman Reigns probably went heel, he probably would have been cheered because it's just how it goes. (laughs) You know, it's okay, turn the man heel wait a minute, he's good now because he's actually getting a chance to be charismatic. Let's cheer him. But, you know, he's doing the best stuff of his career, in my opinion, as far as promo work and being serious and just kind of like what Skit said, as far as Kevin Owens being put back into the main event scene where, you know, we saw him a few years ago with uh, AJ and then before that with John Cena. You know, it's good to see Kevin Owens kind of back in the main event scene where, you know, he belongs. And um, it's it's just, like I said, been a focal point, you know, seeing the, you know, talking smack stuff between everybody um, has been, you know, fun to see as well. And talking smack in itself has been always, you know, fun to see because it allows people to really kind of show their true character and get a chance to really put things out there that we won't see on TV. So I'm looking forward to the match. Like I said, keep this, uh, you know, tribal chief Roman Reigns going. Um, 
I think it's only, you know, going to continue to get better from here with what Roman Reigns could do now that he has more um, of a character to build on. Uh, so it's it's good to see. And like I'm looking forward to the feud. I don't expect Kevin Owens to be on top of this feud when it's all said and done. Um, you know, Roman Reigns is still on a high note. And, you know, that's what makes it more interesting because it's going to be like, you know, who's going to be the person to dethrone Roman going into WrestleMania or, you know, further into the year. So we'll have to see. And Nate? Um, I really enjoy the Roman stuff. I mean, I thought the brawl with Owens was good. I pretty sure that they're going to use the match the rumble to blow the feud off and then roman will do what he's doing for mania and kevin owens will do something else but i've really enjoyed this feud um it's put kevin owens in a prominent spot again um because we all know that he can do it and roman reigns is just roman reigns the head of the table whatever um and he's been really really good in his heel run so um a lot better than his face stuff because like someone said earlier it's now he can actually show people what he can do because with when you're a heel you're allowed to be a dick so and that's pretty much what roman reigns is right now is a giant asshole so it works and i like it a lot so Yeah, Roman's definitely uh, like shown everybody what what he's capable of. I don't think it comes across as well if it's in front of a live crowd, because you know, just just the way that Roman's been like cutting his promos, it's more of like I'm talking to you. I'm tell I'm just gonna tell you I'm gonna kick your ass kind of thing, you know. Where it's as opposed to like typical wrestling promo like he's not loud he's like quiet and calm like a fucking mobster talking to you and i think that in front of a live crowd gets interrupted by what chance and you'll have the like uh tom mentioned you'll have the smart marks cheering him on so i don't think uh you know, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns comes across as well in front of a live crowd, but you know, he's he's right now kicking ass. Uh, it's, a, it's a great character side to him. The feud with Kevin is you know, some of, Kevin's, uh, some of Kevin's best stuff so far, so it's definitely some Romans. Um, hopefully you know, after that, after they kind of move on from this, Kevin's not lost in the shuffle again because I, I would hate for that. You know, obviously, Roman's going to have the belt up in two, maybe through Mania. Um, but I really, I really hope they find you know something, um, something just as compelling for Kevin to do. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, first of all, I do want to. Uh, say I do agree with you. This is probably Kevin's best work. I think since he's been in the WWE, honestly. 
uh, I want to say this is his best feud for sure. Um, he's been in plenty of feuds, but I just think since he's been on the main roster, this is probably his best feud. Of course, him and Sami Zayn killed it in NXT, but this is his best work, in my opinion. Uh, another thing, I don't know. I think his his whole uh, Tribal Chief character will still work in front of a crowd. Um, I think a lot of his stuff will be backstage segments, though. You know, him sitting, basically punking Paul Hammond. It'll be a lot of stuff like that. He'll come out every now and then, you know. Uh, I think that they'll. I think the WWE would would be smart and say, okay, let's take him out, um, put him, put him in front of a, a crowd to cut uh, cut like this promo, you know. But I just, just like you said, Roman Reigns, that do it right now. Um. So yeah, that was SmackDown. SmackDown, uh, definitely holding it down. Another thing that happened on SmackDown, I'm just going to go through real quick. I don't think we need to talk about too much, but Daniel Bryan and Cesaro had a, uh, had a promo, uh, going on and, um, Cesaro had an open challenge and, you know, he beat, uh, Ziggler. So, and, uh, I don't think we need to go through that. Keep it real with you. Ziggler's a bum. <laughs> Uh, oh, always so negative. I miss uh, Nate, you know, years later, they say something never change. Nate's still shitting on Dolph Ziggler. Uh, <laughs> it never changes. Huh. <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and say it before, um, before Lyle say, so, so says it. Ladies and gentlemen, meet negative Nate. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move uh, on. Let's move on to some wrestling. Let's go to let's go to NXT real quick. NXT, they've been holding down, uh, building new feuds over there right now. Uh, let's go ahead and start off uh, with. I just want to talk about this whole Pete Dunne Finn Balor uh, situation. I think at first I thought they were gonna throw Kyle O'Reilly in the middle of this feud, but I think it's really just gonna be a one-on-one feud. Um, this might be. Some of Pete Pete does been putting on some of the best work that he's been putting on in a while. Um, you know, I know, you know, he's done this thing in NXT UK. He came back, you know, to NXT, won a tag titles with Matt Riddle. Uh, you know, he was a baby face or whatnot. But right now, you know, I'm loving it with him, uh, with uh Birch and uh and Oni Larkin, like this this stable's pretty solid. And Pete Dunn, I think he might just be Finn. I, I don't know about that. Um, I do agree, and this is definitely uh, Dunn's best work. I think um, quarantine and... and, and uh, Lockdown was probably the best thing to happen uh, for Pete Dunn because he got to be away, came back just fucking shredded, um, and just a total badass. Um, I do like him with uh, uh, Birch and, and uh, Lorcan. Uh, I wish they would still have Pat McAfee up in the mix because none of those three guys are are our promo guys. Uh, yeah. So I thought 
having McAfee with them was smart as fuck because that motherfucker can talk. Um, so you know, right now they they feel like even though like yes they're, they're still getting involved with the uh, with top guys, uh, it's it's not the same when neither of the three can can cut a promo. So we'll we'll see where uh where that goes. Hopefully the hopefully they bring uh Pat McAfee back soon. Um as far as uh Dunn and Balor go, it's it's awesome. It's stuff like that is the reason why when I'm able to, they get my view on Wednesday nights because in ring wise, nobody can touch NXT. Agreed. Without a doubt. I'll agree. I will agree there. Um, you know, don't want to get into the whole, you know, Wednesday night wars and who's better and whatever, but um, you know, it's been it's been really nice to see, you know, Pete Dunn elevated into this type of um, you know, level where I, I think a lot of people when they first signed Pete Dunn. I think a lot of people, this is where they envisioned him being, is being kind of the main event star, you know, challenging for the top title. Because you think about what he was doing on the independent scene and over in the UK, and that's what Pete Dunne was. He was, you know, kind of a top guy wherever he was, and people saw the potential because he was young, and he had the in-ring stuff, and he had the promo work. So to finally sort of see that, you know, him being the NXT UK champion wasn't doing a lot for him. Let's be honest, NXT UK isn't really doing a lot for anybody right now. Um, so that's why I kind of want Walter to get out of there because I think he could be doing a lot more. But obviously, because of the current environment of everything that's going on in the world, Probably not realistic. You know, I don't doubt it's going to happen. I think once things open back up and we start getting back to semi-normal, you know, we'll be seeing more of the NXT, like UK people back here in the States. But it's been, like I said, it's been really fun to see. I've been, I've been liking Finnish champ. You know, he wasn't doing anything on the main roster. So to have him back down there, um, you know, his match with Kyle O'Reilly, freaking so great, so great, so much fun to see, so much, you know, brutality. Obviously, you don't want to see people get hurt, but to see that danger element come into play to where, man, both guys got hurt, it just says a lot about how the match was to where, how physical it was. So I'm looking forward to it. Either way, I'm I'm not on the boat of, you know, if Finn loses... I think that's bad, or Finn wins. I think that's the wrong decision. I think you could go either way. Um, with De- how Kyle- is it a very possibility that Kyle gets thrown in- into this triple threat? I really hope not. I mean, they they could do it. We don't see a lot. Like, if you think about NXT, there's really not a lot of triple threat matches that regularly happen. They do do it sporadically. So I wouldn't put them past to having this kind of become a triple threat feud. 
I don't think it's 100% necessary. Would I love to see Kyle O'Reilly in there? Yes, because Kyle O'Reilly is awesome. So, you know, keep putting him in the main event. I'm not going to complain. Um, but I don't think it's really needed. Like I said, Kyle got his shot. He, he did lose. He might be right because he lost twice. So. Right. So he did lose. So I don't think him being reinserted is going to happen. But like I said, NXT, their in-ring stuff has been you know, very solid. So we'll see you know, what kind of goes uh, on after Pete Dunne and Finn Balor face off. The only thing that I really think that inserting Kyle O'Reilly would do was give Pete Dunne or Finn Balor somebody else to pin in the match. And if that's the case, then I don't think it really needs to happen. We'll definitely find out what happens next week, hopefully. Uh, let's move on. Uh, another to the first round match: Men's Dusty Classic, Jenny Gargano, Austin Theory versus Kushida and Leon Ruff. And I honestly thought that the way was going to win, but Kushida and Leon Ruff with the upset. Gargano still taking L's, and basically this is kind of a. Kashida pinning Jenny Gargano basically telling us that Kashida's next in line for the North American title. Good. Like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that they're that they finally found a, a direction for Kushida. You know, it's it's been how long since he's done anything like of substance? You know, he had that little mini dream feud, but Hasn't really done much. Done much since he got signed. Um, he was. I think he was hurt. Oh, you're right. He was. Yeah, he was for a little while. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think it. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I think Johnny has really uh, like embraced this role of like it doesn't matter like how many L's he takes, he's gonna go out there and and put on a great performance. Um, I really like the fact, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge, um, uh, what's the dude's name? Austin, oh, Austin Theory. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Austin Theory, but I do like him being paired with the, with Johnny because Johnny is at such a high level in NXT. Uh, you know, like why not give the rub to the kid, uh, so I wasn't like super shocked about their loss in the uh, in the Dusty Cup. Um, I, I've I've always seen the Dusty Cup as a way to feature, you know, uh, newer talent. I mean, just looking back at like the uh, the previous winners. I mean, with maybe with maybe with the exception of uh, uh, Balor and, and Samoa Joe winning it. Um, I think everybody after them has has kind of uh, you know needed that just to help make a name for themselves. So my thing is real quick. I want to ask Tom this. I know we always talked about Austin Theory a long time ago. You know, back when he came uh, with Evolve Wrestling, we were all saying that he's going to be a big star. Do you still see that in him? Um, I'll I'll say a couple things. Uh, number one, 
Um, I don't really have much to say on Austin Theory anymore. I'm not really a fan of um, the guy. I don't think that he um, right now should be working. That's just my opinion. Um, after everything that had come out, you know, last year. Um, so let's, I'm kind of... Let's not get into that. Yeah, like I said, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't, it's, a lot of things don't, you know, sit right with me seeing Austin Theory, like I said, on TV, like I said, with that, after everything that happened. Um, but, you know, we'll... We'll see kind of what happens with him. Um, but kind of jumping on what Lyle was saying, it's it's crazy to me. And this is, um, you know, it's it's been a problem for years about how WWE has really just kind of hoarded up so much talent. You You forget that, like, Kushida, who did so much in New Japan, former IWGP, you know, junior tag and junior heavyweight champion. And even though, you know, was Kushida ever uh, the guy in New Japan? No, but he was still a huge star, very popular star. I and would... then there's just like, you forget, <laughs> you forget that he's an NXT. You're like, oh, geez, that's right. They signed him. It's the same thing with like Nakamura. I'd say up until recently, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Nakamura is in WWE. doesn't feel like it because of, I think how they're utilized, but um, I wasn't too surprised with uh, the win over Gargano in theory. I kind of expected it um, in a way just because of how the whole feud has been going with Leon Ruff winning the title, you know, losing it, uh, stuff like that. But then Kushida getting in and making Leon Ruff his partner, I kind of figured there was um, a loss for Gargano and, I do hope, honestly, you know, I think, I think Gargano, and this is just my opinion, I think Gargano's kind of run his course in NXT, you know, granted is going up to the main roster an improvement at this point, not really, because who knows how they're going to be utilized, but in just the fact that Gargano's basically done everything and anything in NXT, and it's just, okay, kind of need a little bit of a change change of scenery i think you know his final loss for the north american title can should kind of send him up to the main roster and i think kashida should be the one to do it good night um piggybacking off of what tom said um <clears throat> as far as kashida is concerned at one point in New Japan, and I don't want to take it too far off track, but he was the cornerstone of the juniors division. So, um, and now that he's in NXT, they're tr- well, they didn't really do anything. Now they're trying to establish and establish him a little bit more. But at the same point, like I kind of forget that he's there as well. Um, and then as far as Johnny Gargano goes, it's. I would like to see him lose in some fashion and then leave NXT because I'm honestly sick of him in NXT. Like, all the stuff with Tommaso, um, Champa from a while back was good, but, like, it just kind of ran its course and got old really, really quick, and he's just... 
when he comes on my screen, he's a great wrestler. Don't get me wrong, but it's I don't want to watch his segments. I just want him off my TV. So I'm not a big component of people going up to the main roster at this point because I think Vince McMahon won't freaking do anything with him. But for him, I think it would just be a good change of scenery to get him out of NXT and on Raw or SmackDown. Would that be at the uh see what happens with that with with, with Johnny Wrestling? We'll definitely get into more on uh Johnny a little later on. But let's speaking of Johnny's friend, Tommaso Ciampa, he had a match with Timothy Thatcher. And that match was it was awesome. These guys didn't give a fuck. They just, just killed each other. Like I'm like, whoa. Like, honestly, I think this is better than the Matt Riddle match, in my opinion. But Matt Riddle took a uh, beat the shot of him where his fucking teeth came up. I think so. I like the I like the brutality of it. You know, Tim Thatcher. Tim Thatcher, you know, I think he and that's the thing is that Tim Thatcher, he kind of stood out on the indie scene. And he stands out in the WWE because, you know, he's just so aggressive. Like you said, he's got, you know, uh, that kind of like gnarly face going on. You know, a little bit. It's kind of like an old school type of guy where he just you you look at him and you know that all he wants to do is just punch someone in the face. Um, and we, we know what he's done, like I said, on the independent and the UK scene and um, having him. In NXT, I was a little bit skeptical because you kind of like once again, it's like it's like a roller coaster with these guys. Like, oh, a little bit of a push, and then it kind of goes down a little bit. Oh, a little bit of a push, and then it kind of goes down. So you never really quite know. But once again, that goes back to there's just there's just so many guys in NXT right now who are big time names. So can you push everybody at the same time? Not really, but, you know, once again, it's a positive and a negative. So, you know, kind of take that as you will. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done, you know, to have it happen every once in a while. It's fine. It's a it's a nice little kind of change of pace. Um, Every match from now on in NXT should take place in the fight pit. Uh, <laughs> that's like get rid of the ring, put up the fight pit. Let's go. Um, these matches rule. I didn't think this match was as good as the first match uh, that had Matt Riddle in it, but I thought this was really good. What I didn't like was the fact that they started on top of the cage because the whole point of the structure is to keep people inside of it and then to have them drop into it. It's like that's got to keep uh, that's got to kill your kneecaps. But aside from the beginning of the match that I didn't really like, I thought the match was really, really good. Um, the finish is great. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to see more of these matches. Maybe not, like... And I'm I'm exaggerating when I'm saying, like, do every match in the fight pit because it would just get old really, really fast. But, like, maybe every six months because these matches rule. And Timothy Thatcher must be in all of them. Yeah. So <laughs> it's his match, and, yeah. Anytime that he has a feud that warrants doing it, then do it. Especially at, like, a takeover or something. But, yeah, or... A, even a big time like 
Wednesday night show, do it because it's these matches are awesome. My only qualm with the fight pit is that it's not actually a pit. Yeah, it's just a fucking cage with the lion's den was no ropes. What's that? The lion's den wasn't a den either, but it still works. I mean, I understand. Like having having the platform like above and around the cage would be sweet if the cage were actually inside of a pit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I see your point there. But uh, yeah, yeah, great match. Um, you know, just like they had a a, a great match at the. Um, was a takeover recently? Um, I believe so. So, you know, having having this match in, in the fight pit was like perfect. Um, even the way you know, like they they kind of ended things with like such a showing of mutual respect that you know, Champa brought up. There's a there's an opening in the Dusty Cup, and then Thatcher doesn't say a word. He just nods his head and walks away, you know, in pain. Uh, so, you know, it's cool, because they're two of my personal favorites. So to see them, you know, not only mix it up with each other, uh, you know, now it looks like they're they're both kind of going in the same direction, you know, even on, on the same team for now. You know, so I'm... I'm I'm happy with the way both of their matches went. Takeover match was great. Fight Pit was awesome. Um, they could be a badass little tag team. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. I was actually going to get into that. So, like, a lot of people probably don't know how they became a tag team. So, Cross took out Adonis and. His partner, so he just beat the shot above him, you know. So that's how that spot came open. I was like, "Why the fuck are they in here?" And this shit, like last week, me and Nate were talking about it. We were like, "Why are they in here?" Well, I'm glad they got took, taken out, and the replacement was Thatcher and Chapo. Since we're on that conversation, they actually had a match against Tony Nese and Davari, and they beat the shot of those guys. And they have advanced. So I was gonna wait till we talk about a little two and five, but there we go, folks. Since we're on their conversation talking about them now, now you already know it's good. Um moving on, NXT on the Dusty Classic, the Imperium versus the Lucha House Party. Another I think this is a shocker, honestly. Lucha House Party gets the W as they move on. I'm not gonna talk too much in the match. I just wanna say I'm shocked. Uh, did you? Are you guys shocked that the Imperium lost as their former NXT tag, tag uh, champs? Uh, yes. Uh, um, especially you know, like you just mentioned, their former tag champs, uh, Lucha House Party isn't part of the NXT brand. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it was it was like they kind of fused um with uh, I think they're feuding with. Uh, one of the teams that's in the uh, classic. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, you know, it's just just the way that Imperium has been um, featured on NXT. It was a it was a shock. Yeah, honestly, it's time for Walter to to bring his ass over to NXT and um, yeah, lead them to the top. Let's talk about the women's Dusty Classic. We had Carter and Casey against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. This match was okay. It was cool. Um, both girls got their shit in. But a shocker and an upset in the first round. Uh, Io Shirai comes and gets involved because Mercedes Martinez took her out at, uh, I believe it was TakeOver? I want to say TakeOver? Or it could have been one. It could have been NXT uh, weekly show. Actually, she came. Um, Mercedes Martinez took out Io Shira, and Io uh, basically made a return and took out Mercedes Martinez while Tony Storms in the middle of the ring fighting already. So Tony was by herself. Both of the girls they do their finishers, and Casey does some crazy fucking spot. She's been hanging around Ricochet a little too long. Uh, that's part that she did uh, for the one, two, three, and they move on to the next round. And my pick have been eliminated. Same. Another another shocker. You know, I thought, I definitely thought, you know, there was uh, maybe not no way the Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, but it's just kind of one of those things where you look at, uh, you know, the other team and you're like, okay, you know. It's a, you know, kind of a given, but yeah, pretty, pretty big shock there. Um, you know, the, like you said, skits, the match, you know, I, I thought it was okay. You know, Casey had a, had a nice spot on it. Um, you know, we'll kind of see what they do with it because is it, you know, are they going to build off of the, um, off of the shocking win or is it okay? They just did it for just that one week. You know, because WWE, once again, WWE is about moments and not actually building storylines sometimes. I hate that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. And, you know, it's it's sometimes nice to be, you know, surprised like that. You know, I don't think it hurts, you know, Tony or Mercedes in any way. Um, you know, thankfully, Mercedes got away from something that could have damaged her career more in a good old uh, retribution. Um, so it's good to see that she's not involved with that anymore, at least. So right. I, like I said, surprises can be good. I thought this was, you know, kind of cool to see. Um, and like I said, we'll see how they build on it. Is retribution still a thing? We I think so. I think so. I don't even watch Raw, but Rich I think there's some have still a thing. We're not going to speak about them. And then we talked about them last week. I don't know why you bring them back up. <laughs> well, I can't remember what we talked about last week. There's been a shit ton of stuff happening. So let's uh, move on real quick. A little 12 5 talk because there was some dusty uh, classic stuff going on over there. The way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell went against none other than. I'm just going to call her by her um, her own name, Priscilla Kelly, now known as Gigi Darling and Corey and uh, Cora Jade. 
Well, at Cora Jade's um, old name was, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, correct me uh, now, uh, so I don't want to even, even, even be wrong. It was Elena Black, wasn't it? Yeah, Elena Black. She actually supposed to have a, she was supposed to have a match against Joy Janela too, and that didn't happen because of uh, she's in the uh, in the women's closet. I thought both Angelina's garbage, huh? I said Angelina's garbage. So good for her. Oh damn! Don't talk for my boy Joey. <laughs> don't talk about that. Uh. So, so uh, Cora J and uh, and Gigi, I'm gonna just call her Priscilla Kelly because she still has that as her as her uh, Twitter handle. Until she changes it, then I'm gonna call her by her new name. They actually got it in. Um, Priscilla Kelly basically has a whole new look. She has red hair now. Uh, I don't know how I felt about it. She she should have stayed with the look that she had, but I think they probably wanted her to change her hair color because um, Jay. They would look like sisters, you know what I mean? They would look, they would basically look the same. But they both got tattoos, and they both have black hair. They both, they, they would have the same look. So I think they needed one of them to change their look. So I guess Priscilla Kelly decided to change their look. But yeah, they, they, they are um, all four girls got their shit in. And I would have thought Candice LeRae and Indy would have lost, but they got the W. I would have thought like, okay, Johnny Gargano and. Uh, Theory lost, so they're gonna lose too. But they won, so they're moving on. So that's my new pick to win the uh, classic for the women. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect them to win. Um, I don't think anybody did. Not not to go off topic, but what happened to like? I understand that obviously WWE for years was changing names so, you know, they could own rights to the names and things like that because that's their thing. But there was a period when, you know, so many talents were getting signed that people's names weren't getting changed. I mean, look at Johnny Gargano. Look at Candice LeRae, two prime examples. They didn't change their names. It seems like the recent influx of talents over the last, like, year or so... um, seem to be having their names change. And it was just very odd to me that they went from, okay, we're going to keep these names because they have a name value to them to now, okay, we're going back to changing them completely, you know, so we could own, you know, the rights of their names. I just thought it was very weird. Um, but, you know, definitely, I think, two good pickups. You know, Priscilla Kelly um, is definitely... You know, good talent, uh, along with Elena Black, um, things like that. So, um, but obviously, (laughs) the things that uh, Priscilla Kelly was doing on the independent scene, um, she's not going to be doing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) See, and once again, that's another thing. You know, you, you hear for years, like, you know, of reasons why talent won't get signed. And it's like, Okay, when somebody Googles her name, whether it's her new name or whatever, it's still going to come up as Priscilla Kelly, and they're going to see her pulling some things out of her, uh, you know, out of her tights and doing some, you know, non-PG stuff. So I thought that was a very interesting signing. I just want to say something real quick uh, about the name situation that you said. Um, I feel like 
only certain people um, get to keep their name. I think you got to be popular. I think Jenny Gargano, yeah. they, they have popular names, so they got to keep their name. Like AJ Styles, popular, already in the scene, got to keep his name. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I feel like only certain people, like Tommaso Ciampa, popular name, got to keep his name. You know? Adam Cole, popular name, got to keep his name. Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, you know? Roderick Strong, you know? If exactly. like- name had value, then they'll keep it. If it, if like Vince McMahon doesn't think that your name had any value or that nobody's heard of you before you got to WWE, because trust me, he probably thinks that about some of these people that he signs or that get signed. He'll be like, oh, we're going to change your name because no one knows who the fuck you are. But if you're Tommaso Ciampa, if you're Kyle O'Reilly or an Adam Cole, people already knew you. Like, prime example, AJ Styles, they didn't change his name. They didn't change Shinsuke Nakamura's name, thank God. But if your name had value... They for sure changed Kenta's name. We won't talk about that. (laughs) That was still so dumb, but whatever. Honestly, I, I I heard that was Kenta. Kenta actually wanted to start start fresh though, is but you know, yeah, but like to like to debut him like like when Hulk Hogan. I can't believe I just said that name. Forgive me, but I mean, he brought <laughs> was introduced. Well, fuck that guy, but he was introduced. Or Hogan introduced him, and then he came out as Kenta, and then they. Flash some bullshit across the screen, and then, oh, this is your new name. It was so stupid. It's like, just have him come out as Hideo Itami in the first place and explain it. But that was, like, what, five years ago? So Another person in Nate that got to keep her name, Io Shira, you know? Yeah. I Like, I really think your name has to have value for you to keep exactly. her name. No disrespect to uh, Desmond uh, Xavier or Zachary Wentz. No disrespect to uh, Priscilla Kelly, but I, you know, I guess just they want to see where they where they can go before you know what I mean. Exactly. No, I completely agree. If your name has value, they'll keep it. If it doesn't, then they'll change it. If Vince McMahon has never heard of you, has no clue what who who you are or what you've done, then he'll change it. And I, now I would just say it's just Vince. It's Triple H to you know the guys done it. The, the whoever works down at this uh at the performance center, you know, like Keith Lee got to keep his name, you know, for God's sakes. Matt Riddle got to keep it. We can keep going all day, but turn his name to Riddle though. He's so. still Matt Riddle at the end of the day. I don't give a fuck. Next week he'll be the Riddler, doing some Batman bullshit. All right, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to uh go on about names, but. <laughs> Lau, you want to speak? No, I mean, like, you know, what I had to say, you guys already went over. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad all four of those girls, especially with the, uh, with the, with the two new girls already being, you know, kind of uh, put out there in front of everybody. You know, that's that's a cool spot for for them to be in. The only thing I didn't like, they get they were on two hundred five live. A lot of people don't really fuck with two hundred five live like, like that. Uh, but you know, I think this is another way they're trying to tell people to watch two hundred five live, where we have the classic going on here. You know, it's just a way to get people to watch it. 
But it's definitely got me paying attention. I'll tell you that for sure. You know what? I I I will say this: all the women are under two hundred five. You know why not have um some of the girls featured on two hundred five live? You know, especially the ones that aren't really doing much. Uh, put them on on two hundred five. You know that way they're they're in front of uh, the camera and they're you know I I, I know they're not. Uh, Doing like the uh, the the, the uh, South Florida loops like like they were before uh, the pandemic happened, so that's a, that's a good opportunity to to get them more comfortable. True, just like yeah, just like like a like uh, Kurt uh, Stallion, like you know, he's on Two Five Live getting it down, you know, getting get, get it going. So um, it would be nice to see some of the girls like. Carter, you know, um, maybe she can. She's well, now, so fine. She's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that she just advanced, she's gonna be on more on NXT. But after, for sure, it'll be good to have. Lyle's gonna wait. Um, let's go ahead and move on real quick. So AEW, I, I don't want to go too much into a depth with it because it really wasn't that good this week. A lot of sloppy shit was going on. First, I want to talk about that weak ass fucking cutter that Cody Rose did on Peter Avalon. What are you doing, bro? Stick to your shit. I didn't like it, personally. I'm not even shitting on AEW. Cody trying to be all Indian shit. Next thing you know, it's going to be fucking. Sentons to the outside and fucking super kicks and he's he's gonna start wearing kick pads. I just thought that was sloppy. Um, I don't know if he was uh, he was on some Randy Orton uh, cutter shit. What made it even worse was like Peter Avalon just dove into it, like <laughs> neck out, dove into it. I felt like this week on AEW was like let's just give every let's just job out a lot of people because I feel like, I think uh, John Moxley I think he jobbed out somebody too. So um, um, another match that happened uh, you had a uh, Matt Hardy and um, the party of. Uh, Private party? Private party. I said the party. The private party uh, tag up, and they went against the team of Top Flight and Matt Seidel, and that was pretty sloppy. Like, it's like guys didn't know who was the uh, elite, the uh, legal man going on in there. I was like, what's going on, guys? Like, why do we have these guys? These This is supposed to be on Dark. Yeah, but can they really fit a 14th match on a 13-match show on Dark? I don't know. I just don't think that that was supposed to be on their main show, in my opinion. Well, then the editor needs to be fired. No, this is what happens when you employ a bunch of people who've hardly ever or have never worked in front of a camera before. Yep. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, I thought the match was okay. 
I like this. Like, I don't know. I'm more. I'm more into the story of Matt Hardy and uh, you know, private party. What's kind of going on with them? You know, you're kind of seeing them more be a little bit more heelish. Um, you know, it had a good flow at times, but like just you said, uh, a little bit too many sloppy moments. Um, you know, definitely though a lot to kind of be desired. Like we know what the match could have been, and it didn't end up reaching that expectation. Could have been better without Matt Matt Hardy and Matt Sardell. Yeah, possibly, possibly. I just think that it just you know, I think with just too many moving parts on there, that could have been it. You know, six man tags can work. And even on regular, you know, TV programs, they can work well. It's just you have to find that perfect, you know, either you can't make it too short, can't make it too long. The match did feel a little bit long as well. I think that hurt it as well. So I think you kind of combine just, you know, some sloppy mess ups. And, you know, like I said, the match had a good flow at one point and then it just kind of would go off the rails for a little bit. And another, I hate to say this and be that person, but maybe like Matt Seidel or maybe not necessarily Matt Hardy or maybe, but maybe one of them was under the influence of something, but (laughs) mainly Matt Seidel, but yeah. Oh boy. I'm not going to speak on that. <laughs> um, like I can't stand Nate, bro. I really can't. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, because Adele is pretty good. He's been kind of off, like, lately. But I'm just saying, like, maybe. Hey, never know. Something you got to consider. Never know. So the inner circle, they have some type of tag match where it's MJF and Chris Jericho versus Santana and Ortiz versus Sammy Guevara and Jack Hager. Um, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this. I really don't know. Uh, why do they have to go? I know they, uh, they're calling Jericho like a, a tag team whore or whatever, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like why they have a, like, like a, like a, like a team, like a stable fight each other. I, I just don't understand, but it is what it is. Jericho, what happened to my boy? Couldn't even complete the lion sort there. That and was scary. It very it definitely was scary. Um uh, Sammy Guevara, uh are, are they trying to turn my boy babyface? I think there's teasings of it. Obviously there's you know, the rift between him and MJF. Obviously, that's going to blow up, and Sammy, I think, is going to go out on his own. You know, the whole point of this match being that, you know, the inner circle was deciding who would be the ones to get to challenge for the AEW Tag Team titles. So you have all of them go against each other, which... I I found it interesting, because you really don't see that with stables. It was... Well, you know, hey, we're, you know, we're the biggest stable or, you know, whatever in the company. We should be challenging for the tag team titles. But in order to do it, we have to face each other. 
I thought that concept by itself, I thought was pretty interesting. Um, you know, once again, there were some good spots in this match, a lot of good uh, pacing at times, you know, the way that anybody could get tagged in, I thought was utilized well at times. Sometimes it was sloppy. Um, but yeah, that Jericho mind salt botch was, um, it was scary to see. And it's like, have we ever really seen Jericho be that kind of, um, I, I guess, sloppy with the lion salt? Because obviously it's a, it's a dangerous move. So in itself, because we've seen what's happened to Hayabusa. Yep. And it's, it's, it's a scary thing. And usually when Jericho does it, we're just kind of like, oh, he's just going to, you know, He's going to hit it like normally. So a little bit scary to see. Um, Stop using it. Well, you remember, I, think, I mean, in WCW when he did it, to yeah. he was in a match with Kurt Henning. Yeah. Kurt Henning was able to prevent him from breaking his neck. Yeah. But even having back then, but it's like, maybe he should stop using it. I mean, if you can't use it or if you can't do it. I mean, he it, is powder too. Don't force yourself to do it. It's not. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he needs to use it if he feels like that he can't do it. Maybe it was just an off night or whatever. But with a move like that, you can't have an off night with that type of move because one wrong thing and you could seriously injure yourself. So um, I think it's now a consideration. You know, maybe take it out of. Um, his move set, uh, and you know, maybe bust it out only for big time matches. You know, you know, when you get the really big time main events, maybe you bust it out then once every couple of months, but maybe on a regular basis, maybe not so much anymore. And MJF rode up a uh, Guerrero with the handful of trunks for the pin, so uh, that's like Chris and. MJF probably moving on. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if they're going to actually get the, the shot. We'll have to keep watching next week. Um, anybody else want to chime in on that one or we just want to move on? Uh, just just very quickly. Um, how about you have the one true fucking tag team in your stable go for the tag team titles? Yes. Fucking LAX. Yeah. I feel like LAX is getting wasted, honestly. I do too. I'm just uh, hey, they haven't really done nothing since they. I mean, you know, the inner circle was cool, but until honestly, I don't think MJF needs to be in the group. I think the whole inner circle concept was like it was supposed to be short term, or it should have been short term, and it's kind of just ran its course. And they seem to be playing off the whole MJF turning on the group like storyline up way too much. I just want to see LAX uh, succeed. Because they're really good. I think I think they will. I you know, obviously I think they'll get back to the point because, you know, when they first came in for, you know, a good while, you know, they were a big focal point. And I think they still are, you know, they're still regularly on TV. 
Um, they're feuding with I, 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 and, uh, I and the a point. Team. I was just going to say, yeah, they're they're not at the point where they were when, you know, they first came in. I think they'll get back to it, though. I think, you know, once again, we're seeing more tag teams come in to the company. So I think that it's a good and bad thing because it's more feuds, possibly, for um, for Santana and Ortiz. You know, them versus FTR them you know against the bucks them against private party you know so on and so forth you could go down the whole list you know to me AEW has the best tag team division out of all the companies i think their tag team division is by far the best so i think they know what they have in uh santana and ortiz and you know i think once again they're just doing the storyline for now and i think going forward you know we'll see him back in the title picture let's talk about what's going on next week in AEW. next week you got jungle boy going one-on-one against dax uh aka um is that uh scott dawson yeah aka scott dawson so um they'll be going against uh each other next week also, you got Eddie Kingston against Lance Archer. And another match, also, uh, Cody responds to Shaq. So that's all happening next week on AEW TV. And in two weeks, at at um, at Beach Break, you have Thunder Rosa going against Dr. Britt Baker. And also, you have the match that everybody's ready to see. John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix versus the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, and the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers. That's all happening with AEW. But NXT is also holding it down next week, too, as we have... None other than we go to the quarterfinals. You have MSK going against Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. And you have the Grizzly Young Vets against Kushida and Leon Ruff. Also, non-tournament, you have Finn and Kyle Riley tagging up against um, Oni uh, Larkin and Danny Birch. That's all going on next week. Uh, let's move on real quickly to some New Japan talk. Nate, what's going on? I know you've uh, definitely been talking about some New Japan. So, um, I mean, they did Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom was great. Um, now they are heading into the New Beginning Tour. Um, let me pull these cards out. There was one. Now, these aren't the true New Beginning cards as of yet um they did the road to new beginning yesterday morning and i was awake for it but i was really really groggy so i decided to say screw it and go to sleep um but there's a show at three in the morning so i'm going to watch that once we get done here um but the uh 
new beginning shows for this year. Holy fuck. Um, While you look that up, I just want to mention there is new IWGP Junior Tag Champs. Yeah, and that happened on, I think, this morning or yesterday morning's um, Road to New Beginning show. Bullet Club for, 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 for life. So the first show, um, the New Beginning in Nagoya, there's three of them. Uh, January 30th, 2021. Um, there's looks to. Why is there only five matches on this show? That's weird. Um, first match is Chaos of Kazuchika Okada and Yano taking on um, the Bullet Club of Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Um, that match what is whatever. I wish it was. I mean, for for me, it could be Evil versus Okada, and you can deal with without uh yano and takashi but that's just me um there's an eight-man tag between kota ibushi uh hanma show and master wato taking on los Ingonables de hapon um i totally butchered that but uh sonata tetsuya naito hiromu takashi and bushi and then um singles matches uh hiroshi Hiroyoshi Tenzan taking on the Great Okan. Um, while I am talking about the Great Okan, he is going to be a guy that people want to watch in 2021. I mentioned this last week when me and Skits did the show solo. Um, he is a guy that uh, New Japan is going to push the shit out of. So um, he's not your typical guy that they normally push, but he's got a great look. He just came back from an excursion. Um, wrestled at the Dome, and he didn't beat Tanahashi, but uh, I think that they're going to see great things for his future and that he's going to be a star in this company in the years coming forward. So um, prepare for that because I believe it's going to happen. Then you got Satoshi Kojima taking on Will Ospreay. Um, I really like Kojima. Um, it's an older guy underutilized but he's good whenever they can put him in a spot like that and then the main event for the never open weight championship um uh is gonna be and this is really fucking weird but it's gonna be uh shingo takagi taking on hiroshi tanahashi um for the never open weight title so that should be a good one the main event night one um on night two we go to Hiroshima on, these are the February 10th and 11th shows, so we'll take, like, after January 30th, then we'll take, like, two weeks off, or not even. Um, but, so, night one, February 10th, you've got Yotsuji and Yuya Uemura and Gabriel Kidd taking on Suzuki-gun of Mizoro Suzuki. El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru um, in a six-man tag match. Then you've got Master Wato versus Bushi. Um, third match is Chaos, Kazuchika Okada, Toru Yano, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. And Yoshihashi taking on Bullet Club of Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, 
Dick Togo, Taiji Ishimori, and El Fantasmo. So that'll be a good 10-man clusterfuck because that's what those matches always are. Um, then you've got... This is a six-man show, or six-match show, by the way. But then you've got Kota Ibushi and Tomoaki Amna taking on Los Ingobernables de Japón, um, Sonata, and Tatsuya Naito. And then fifth match is Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tonga Loa with Jado um, as the champions taking on Dangerous Techers of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. with Do... Uh, Dookie? Doyukai, whatever his fucking name is. That guy sucks anyway. But and then the main event for night two is going to be for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Hiromu Takahashi versus Show. Um that match is gonna be one to look forward to. I think they're gonna do some crazy shit and have a really, really good match. So um that'll be one to keep an eye out for on night two. Um, or well, night one of the new beginning in Hiroshima, and then, um, oh, and then night two is at the bottom. I thought it was on another page, but so night two on February 11th is Chaos, uh, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi taking on Yojisuji, Yuamura, and Gabriel Kidd. Next up for night two, match two is Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Yoshinobu Karanamaru taking on Bullet Club of Takahashi, Ishimori, and Phantasmo. Um, then you've got another six man, holy shit, three six man matches in a row, I guess. But you've got the third one is Hanma, Sho, and Master Wato taking on. Los Ingo Bernables de Japon of Tetsuya Naito, Hiromu Takashi, and Bushi. So a lot of these guys are going to be working their asses off during the tour, um, putting in some work on all three of nights. Luckily, there's a break between night one, two, and three, um, and that's just the overall entire tour. Um, uh Match four is Chaos, Kazuchika Okada, and Yano taking on the Bullet Club team of Evil and Dick Togo um, in a tag match. Then the fifth match is Suzuki Goon, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. versus, or, and, and Doki versus the Bullet Club, Tamatanga, and Tanga Loa with, um, and Jado. Why does it say, and this is really weird because it's a six man match, but it says, and Jado. He's not in the match. He'll probably just be with him, but whatever. Wikipedia's weird. Um, and then for the the main events on night three, or, well, technically night two, um, singles match for the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Championship, um, the match that everybody's going to want to see from this tournament, or from this tour, I mean. Um, Kota Ibushi challenging, or defending against Sonata. Um that should be really good, but it seems like it seems to me that Sonata is for the past couple of years, because I, I know he was last year, but he got the first crack at Naito as a champion, if memory serves me correctly, um, earlier on last year, uh, before they had their break, before COVID hit, 
and now he's facing Ibushi, um, getting the first shot at him after Ibushi just won the double titles at the Dome at Wrestle Kingdom on January um, 5th. No, 4th, I think it was. But, uh, so anyway, Sonata's always a good hand. Um, he's always a guy that I, like, they're pushing him, but they're not pushing him as much as they could be. Um, kind of underutilized in that aspect, but he is in the main event scene. He always gets these big-time main event matches, especially on this tour. So we'll see what he does, but... I'm pretty sure that he's probably going to take the loss here and Kota Ibushi's going to win because I don't see Kota Ibushi, who just won the title not that long ago, having that short of a title reign. So, Kota Ibushi's the good. Tom, a good Tom, uh, did you want to say anything about New Japan? Yeah, you know, uh, since I really didn't get to touch on it, um, I thought Wrestle Kingdom was a lot of fun. I didn't think it was as good as last year's. Um, I thought there were some underwhelming matches on there. But still, very good show, as Wrestle Kingdom is really every single year. You know, really great matches. Abushi being double champ. Long time coming. It was great to see. Um, so that moment kind of, you know, will stick for, for quite a while, because Abushi's you know, been one of the best for yeah quite some time. So to see him get this moment was uh, was really awesome to see. Um, wanted to also say, just like Nate said, one of the things that pops out, the great Okan, fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. I I am love it because it's just so it's just so different, and I can I can even remember like very vaguely. Because this was around the time that um, him and uh, Kitamura were young lions. And I can vaguely remember us talking about him when he was um, Tomiyaki uh, Oka. And, you know, saying like, oh, you know, they got potential. And then to have like a complete different character. And that's what's great about excursions that New Japan does. And you see it with evil... You see it with Sonata. You saw it with Naito. You know, Naito was already an established guy in New Japan, but he wasn't connecting at all. They send him to Mexico. He comes back and he's, you know, one of the biggest stars in the company and one of the most prolific stars in wrestling. So excursions do well. And one of the interesting things that I found about Okan's excursion is because he went over to the UK, I think he went undefeated. I don't think he lost one time on his excursion. So he just went to the UK, beat everybody, and now comes to, you know, back to New Japan with the whole new character. I'm liking it, just like Nate said, you know, um, uh, bright things. For you, did they? Do you know offhand, and you might not know, but I definitely don't know. Did they create the Oak, the great Okan character, like during the excursion, or did he wrestle as his excursion as Tomoaki Oka? No, so he, he, I, I want to say, so I know he did the character before going on excursion but if you remember it was the great O'Kern first okay it was like the great O'Karn first and then he went on excursion 
And then last, what was it, last October when he came back? I when Will, so. with yeah, oh, with Will Ospreay and Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So he he had that he had that character and that name, I think, right before going on excursion. Okay. Because yeah, I don't remember that, but uh, that's it was brief. I- it was like one or two times, I think, and then he went on excursion. And like I said, they ended up changing his name a little bit anyway when he came back. Yeah. Um, Tom, real quick, I want to ask you: Did you you watched Wrestle Kingdom, right? Yeah. Did you? Okay, so I had this weird feeling that, I mean, Kota Ibushi beat Okada for the double titles on night one. Did you at any point during Jay White and Kota Ibushi's match think that Jay White was going to win? No. Okay. No. I... Like, I didn't either, but a lot of people, like, I remember saying it on Twitter as I was watching the show. It's like, they could easily, like, have... Jay White be the biggest dickhead in the world and have him win the titles and then have Jay, uh, Kota Ibushi with a one-day title reign. I knew they weren't going to do it, but it was just something that kind of crossed my mind. Yeah. Like, I mean, you, yeah, you get that feeling, um, but I didn't think that it was really going to happen. Um, now, the question is, and it, like I said, we can keep it brief, do you think that Jay White really has left New Japan? No, I don't. I think this whole thing's a work. Because um, where else is he going to go? I mean, if he goes to WWE, they're not going to do anything with him. So I think the whole thing, the press conference, I mean, they I don't know. It's after um, Wrestle Kingdom like they normally do because it ran so long, but they did it, I think, right bef- a few hours before Dash hit the air, which I also, so I watched the press conference slept for a few hours and then woke up and watched dash but um which was a okay show um it's always a fun show it's like the raw after wrestlemania but uh for them anyway but um no it's there a lot of press um wrestling press companies are saying that it's pretty much a work and that he's stayed or he's going to stay with new japan because apparently He's got like a seven-year contract, which when I first heard that, I don't necessarily buy because I know they're like when the exodus happened a few years ago where they lost um, Anderson, Gallows, uh, Styles, and Nakamura, Gato decided to do two-year contracts at that point. And so he might have had a two-year contract, which he signed last year, I believe. But having him, like, hearing that he had a seven-year contract was just a little asinine. So I don't, I think he's good until next year, if my memory serves me correct, as far as what I've heard, anyway. We shall see what's going on with the whole J.Y. situation. I know he made a pro wrestling tease. I don't know like if it's a work or if it's true. But like I said, I think he'll be good at NXT. Uh, this is my opinion. A lot of good matches just lined up waiting for him. And Finn is the first one. Oh, yeah. If it happens, yeah. Um, Lyle, did you want to touch on anything with New Japan? No, I really don't give too much of a shit about New Japan. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> 
<laughs> You're killing me over here. Oh man, it's all good, love. <laughs> oh man, um, I just wanted to throw it out there to everybody. Um, WWE Network, check out the untold um, uh, story with AJ Styles. Pretty good. I definitely recommend it. Also, the Bailey uh, podcast with Stone Cold was good. Two uh, things I should think people should check out on the network. They're, that's definitely watchable. And I think uh, Bianca Belair has something up there that's new too. Chronicles or something. So I'm going to check that out too. Um, but yeah, this is WH Radio, folks. With the whole crew, we'll be back next week. This episode should be up on Spotify, I'm hoping by Wednesday. Uh, it's Saturday. It's Saturday night right now. So hopefully, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday we'll have this episode up on Spotify. So uh, follow us on Twitter at WrestlingHeads and WrestlingHeads.com. We'll be back very soon. We'll be getting uh, design next week sometime. So. I'm excited for that, and yeah, follow me on Twitter at WH Skits. I am back as WH Skits. I was Brother Skits, but since Wrestling Heads is back, I'm back to WH Skits. So follow me at WH Skits, and gentlemen, who wants to go first on giving out their social media? Oh, hold on, one second. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling Heads. We need to get our we need to get our followers up. Follow us on the ground. I'm trying to post as much as I can on there. So yeah. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at zombie. That's X Zero M B Y. You can follow me on Twitter at to tweet me geez it's been so long since we plugged our twitter handles at the end of shows man it feels good <laughs> we don't we don't usually like plugging things so hard but uh it feels like uh, just like back in the day when we were doing it so feels good again follow us on twitter people um definitely feels good to be back and uh we look forward to uh you know making this back into a regular thing hopefully uh, it definitely feels good to be back with the four of us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Headliner5. Um, five is in the number. Instagram's a little different. It's Headliner05. Um, follow me on there. I'm trying to get my follower count more on, uh, more up on Instagram because I've got like 2,000-some followers on Twitter, and I hate Twitter. Um, it sucks. So um, if you follow me on Twitter already, then follow me on Instagram. Uh, again, it's headliner05. Also, I want to make quick mention that um, I participated once again, I think for the fourth year in a row, um, Voices of Wrestling Match of the Year um, 2020 poll. And so I wrote, it was actually like last couple of years that I've done this, I've wrote like 2,000 words. Um, this year I wrote to uh, over 4,000 words, um, almost 4,500. 
um, top 10 matches. But uh, right now, the last I heard was the, according to Voices Wrestling, the number one and number two matches as they're tabulating their results and they're getting their polls in and everything. The It keeps switching between Okada and Naito at Wrestle Kingdom night two from last year and um, Hiromu Takahashi and Will Ospreay from night one from last year. So every time they put a new ballot in, then it changes. So it's a really cr- close race. And spoiler alert, I had w- both of those matches in my top two. Um, if you want me to, I can say which one I put at number one. Um, but uh, both of them are top two. Last year, my write-up was used for the number one match. And I'm hoping that will happen again this year. And if it doesn't, then it'll at least get in on number two. But uh, um, yeah, so if you guys want me to reveal it, my number one match from last year was Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay. And it wasn't going to, it was actually going to be Naito and Okada, but upon watching um, Osprey and Takahashi again, I had to make a last minute change, which was what I did last year and it paid off. So I'm hoping it pays off again this year. So, um, but that is, you can read that at voiceswrestling.com when it's up. It should be, they should start, they do a 100 overall match countdown so the match countdown should start i believe next week sometime so definitely definitely and we will be back for another uh recording next week folks and we'll see you soon peace out and much love